For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's June 13th, 2018, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined today by Justin Labar. We're going to talk about the SmackDown Live Go Home Show for Money in the Bank, do a preview rundown of Money in the Bank, and talk about NXT TakeOver, which is coming up this Saturday. And of course, Wrestling Inc. will have podcasts live immediately after Money in the Bank and NXT TakeOver. So both Saturday and Sunday night, be sure to tune in and join us then. Justin, how's it going today, man? It's going good. We're leading up to Money in the Bank, which I consider is one of the big four pay-per-views. Of yeah, seriously, right? Actually, you know, in my mind, give me just Money in the Bank and the Rumble, and I think I'm good for the year. Those are the big two for me. Well, I've harped it over and over uh, for a better part of a year, and I, you know, my podcast, everything. I, I think it is bumped Survivor Series. I think Survivor Series, while it's got great history and legacy, Survivor Series is an outdated concept, and Money in the Bank is certainly for relevance and excitement uh, moved its way into the top four, and can't uh, uh, attest to that as they put a takeover on an, on a money in the bank weekend which takeovers are normally attached to those big uh weekends so there you go yeah and this takeover man people are really looking forward to it i think uh they've just been on such a roll i'm trying to think what the last sort of subpar takeover was but even their their weaker takeover shows are still pretty darn good um smackdown last night so you know raw kind of gave us a potpourri a hodgepodge if you will of action in the buildup to Money in the Bank. And we saw SmackDown kind of tweak the format a little bit in uh, the way they did their matches last night, opening with all the women that were going to be in the match in the ring with Paige. Uh, they were confronted by all the women who uh, on the SmackDown roster who are not going to be in the match, um, Sans, Carmella, and Asuka, who uh, have their championship match coming up at Money in the Bank on Sunday. And, of course, it devolved into, uh, you know, uh, insulting one another and a brawl, setting up an eight-woman tag that would become a ten-woman tag later in the night. Man, so for the first time, there was like a storyline involved in these massive multi-women matches. Um, what did you think of the promo segment and sort of the Iconics reclaiming the spotlight after being off TV for a while? I thought this opening segment actually got better as it went on. Uh, at first, I kind of was worried. I was like, oh, this could this could be, you know, flat or a disaster but i think it got better and i think the iconics is really where it did kick into high gear i i think they're they're funny to me I, I i get a kick out of them i think they got a good i remember i think michael cole before the iconics got called up i think michael cole somewhere was doing an interview one of the rare interviews he does and he had uh you know gave a shout out to peyton and billy and said like how much talent they have and that they're gonna be um you know they're gonna be stars and i just you know i thought that was interesting i, I didn't necessarily disagree with it i didn't think really one way or the other i just thought okay that's that's an, that's an interesting call we don't we don't always hear of them being the next stars coming out of nxt uh and, and sure enough it's it's been a small sample size but i think that they they have a, a great bit amount of a great bit of charisma 
Uh, we haven't seen a lot of them in the ring uh, since being on SmackDown, but a good bit of charisma. I thought it was funny. It came off well. Uh, I liked the response from the baby faces that were in the ring. Um, yeah, I was good by this segment. Yeah, you know, I got to say, the Iconics gimmick with doing the impressions, I mean, it's very one note. But when Becky turned it around and started impersonating them, I thought that was when it really hit its peak right before uh, Devolved into Chaos. Um, yeah, man, I, I know, isn't it weird how even WWE social media for a while there was buzzing about the concept of women's tag teams? It seemed like they were going in that direction. Then they pulled back. Last night seemed maybe the first hint again that uh, we could see something happening on that front, perhaps between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, the whole story of women's tag team titles and such, I mean, they obviously have enough, you know, they, they have enough uh, depth in the women's rosters that I can buy that. Yeah. But I don't know, and I know this is going to sound crazy because there's five hours of programming. I don't know, though, how well it would fit consistently <clears throat> on Raw or SmackDown. I think, I think it, it, if and when, it's inevitable that when they do move into saying, okay, we're going to have a women's tag team uh, title division and tag team titles to defend. I think that's going to be the point where they have to start to think about, okay, we're going to have, maybe it's WWE Network only, but we're going to have a one hour, two hour, whatever it is, yeah. weekly women's only show. Uh, I think that's at that point because between two women's titles on each, well, you know, the, the world titles in each brand, throw in a Money in the Bank winner that we're going to have on one of the brands, then tag titles, I just, you know, and then they still have their formula of, of wanting to make sure that they, Feature Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and show you four replays throughout the night of how it is. So like you know, I don't, there's no sign of the formula changing. At least not until they move to Fox or something. I think if they move into the women's tag team titles, which will be exciting, I think that's at the point where they have to have at least an hour weekly women's show dedicated just to them. Well, I'm all in favor of that. Although I'll tell you, man, um, I think that it's funny to me the naysayers that are like, "Oh no, women's tag. What are they doing? You know, with making that a division." Meanwhile, SmackDown brings us women's tag team matches every week as right. is. We already have women's tag team matches. I'm just saying give us stakes in a storyline rather than just these random hodgepodges. Now, do you think, here's what I would wonder, if we do move into a women's only show, do you want women's tag titles on both brands or would you like a set of women's tag titles and kind of be fluid between the two? I think it'd be cool combined, but you know, we were talking about this the other night. We could talk about this when we do our Money in the Bank predictions, but look, if Ronda is gonna become champion soon, and Charlotte, let's say, is going to reascend uh, to champion on her brand, building up between some sort of matchup between them at WrestleMania 35. If you believe that Ronda, there's a one-year plan, um, that these are going to be you know, the top two women, I think that their feuds are going to be center stage on their respective brands. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, look at even with, with Asuka, how we've seen Asuka, you know, almost an afterthought since her streak broke. I think that it's going to be a way to give stakes to the secondary women's storylines on each brand by having the tag team titles. Um, because I think those feuds, the Charlotte feud and the Ronda feud are going to take center stage, take up all the oxygen. And we desperately are going to need some other sort of momentum to keep us invested in these other women's storylines. And that's just saying, because I don't have a lot of faith in the credibility of the writing staff to, to keep coming up with credible, interesting women's storylines. We're going to care about if there aren't titles on the line. No, I would agree. I like it to be just one set of tag titles. I don't want to see a uh, Raw tag title in SmackDown. But I agree with you on everything you're saying there. I think if you want to give another set of titles for the for the women's division to to go after and, and such, uh, it better it's better for it to be tag titles versus trying to come up with a mid card singles title comparable to the Intercontinental or U.S. title. Oh yeah, it, it would be hard, I think, creatively to find another surge of okay, here's a one on one feud for this other title. 
So I think tag would be the would be the way to go. But again, I, I would rather it be tag titles that are kind of cross branded or, or tag titles that are maybe maybe only only defended on this women's only show. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I said it before. To do a women's only show, you don't have to make it like glow and do, hey, we're going to tape it full sale each week. Uh, I think the idea that I floated once was you tape an extra dark match or two at SmackDown, an extra dark match or two at Raw. You air those and then you maybe show the highlight women's match of the week. You talk about what's going on, Uh, you know, even in NXT. It's the idea. So it's sort of a recap show with original material and that is used to advance storylines uh with the main roster in addition to featuring original matches because i worry that if they did try to do something like go oh, that was too women centric they'll use that as an excuse to pull back on the raw and smackdown women's programming whereas i think you know we've seen more of it i mean it's re- this year especially it's really ramped up i mean you know on raw we're talking about now instead of you know going from one segment to two two segments to three or some weeks even four segments on raw I see. I hear what you're saying, and and to one point, it make it would make sense to film something of a woman's only show on the days of Raw and SmackDown if you already have those female talents traveling and and set to appear on Raw or SmackDown. But Jesus, the, the the when you go to a Raw or SmackDown taping on a Monday or Tuesday night between between the show itself, the dark matches they put in there, two o five up. It's oh just, yeah, and 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 also they they also have the dark matches that they're advertising locally. So you'll go to SmackDown. You if you're on the East Coast, you'll watch a SmackDown till ten. You'll watch 205 Live, and then they'll bring back out Styles or whoever else that they've been advertising locally, so they had something to advertise <laughs> locally to tickets. It, so I don't know. I would kind of prefer them just to put it in, in full sale because full sale and that repeat crowd oh, brings, be huge. brings an energy that's that's good. I agree, man, but at the same time, they're already doing it. Becky Lynch gets dark matches at SmackDown Live events all those weeks she's not on TV because a good enough portion of the audience turns up and wants to see her. Um, so they're already giving some of the more popular women dark matches. And that's, that's the double-edged sword in this, right? Like you're saying, like you advertise AJ Styles, people want to see AJ Styles, even if he's just doing a promo that week, they want to see him come out there in a three on three match, uh, you know, hit the beats and whatnot. Uh, the WWE, you know, be careful what you wish for. They wanted a solid women's division. They wanted to build up women's stars. So great. Now people want to see it. I've been at live shows where I've seen people pissed off that there was one women's match at a house show. Um, because that's who they came there to, to see and support. So, yeah, if you're going to make someone popular, you know, of course your audience is going to want to see them when they pay the, that, those uh, ticket prices, you know? And let's not count out the fact that they, they teased about doing it with the, with the Cruiserweights in 205 Live, and then it got pulled yeah. back because the ticket sales are terrible. But <clears throat> let's not pull back the fact that maybe they have another tour of women's only tour that play. Might, they might go to smaller venues if, if that's what they feel, if they feel that they're not going to. Uh, do well in fifteen thousand person arenas. I'm not saying the women can't. I'm just saying they might go to different venues. But maybe yeah. they have. Maybe they have another tour. I mean, WWE is. They're all about touring. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, and I think. I mean, honestly, I think uh, a women's tour would probably sell more tickets than that weird guy. Could you? You know, in they hindsight, have, I would have, have loved have, to have, have gone to that two hundred five live. What was it? Two dates. That they yeah. did, and then and then they had to, and I, you know, and then and then you know, Matt had said Matt, they added Matt, they added Hardy and Bray to it because they <laughs> need to sell the tickets, and I mean, but I'll tell you what, you do a tour and you put, you know, with the with the drawing power that that the females have now, and and uh, you know, put Ronda Rousey on the, tour. I mean, oh, you now you have a you have a viable tour that could go around and get some extra dates, uh, you know, so. No, absolutely, man. So yeah, I thought that segment was good last night, and I liked that. They didn't make the match right away. They set it up for the main event of the show. I love when they bookended. I feel like lately it's been so much about this altercation. You're going to see the match right now. 
Um, oh, that's that, opening, that, that opening segment was like uh, probably like orgasmic for Teddy Long if he was still G. <laughs> Seriously. In fact, now it's, it's you know, I, I don't want to ever give uh, Road Dog or people too much shit on Twitter. Well, especially because Road Dog seems to block people to give him too much shit. But man, it was like that was, that was the ultimate last night. You know, it's like we got 10 women in a tag match. Holla, holla. Where, where can we go from here? Um, Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin last night. Shelton hasn't been seen in a while on WWE TV, and this match sort of was out of nowhere. Um, Daniel Bryan won with the, the heel hook on Shelton. Did this further build anticipation for you and Daniel's match against Big Cass at Money in the Bank? No, it came off to me as, okay, here's a, a match of two athletic guys we haven't seen um, in, in, since they both have been back in, in ring action. Yeah, uh, it's a way to fill a couple segments. Um, nobody, nobody's going to complain about filling a couple segments of Dan O'Brien in action because he's Dan O'Brien and because he's still the honeymoon tour still there to be back uh, active. So that's all it was to me. It didn't do any. You know, there was no cast appearance. They they sold cast. They they sold the match of him and Cass on commentary. But um, yeah, this wasn't uh, wasn't anything other than just okay. It's the two athletic guys. It's weird, man. I think. Do you think people had too high of expectations for Daniel Bryan's return in terms of what type of matches, storylines, and feuds he was going to be thrown into immediately? Yeah, it's a, that was. I think that was a that was a given. I, I don't. I don't blame anybody, and maybe myself. I, maybe myself included. Is I don't blame anybody for having the expectations because I mean, here's a guy who literally went out on top. I mean, on top, yeah. top when he when he you know had to medically retire a few years ago. So I get that, but I think you know from the business aspect, from thinking realistically, if you're in WWE's position, which is that's where a lot of fans don't think, and they don't have to, but that's what yeah, that's what I try to do, and maybe you try to do. You know, you have to understand WWE's going to want to ease them back into this. They're going to want to make sure before they, you know, they're not going to put up money in the bank briefcase on. I'm not going to put a title on him right away. They want to make sure that he's, you know, he's still there with the crowd, to make sure he's passes all the medical tests they continue to give him after his matches. Make sure he re-signs a contract that's expiring yeah. this year. You know, so they're going to ease him back into them, and 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 so ease him back into it by putting him against somebody um, who's up and coming in Cass. Uh, hopefully, they give Cass. I know we'll talk about it. They give Cass a little bit more of a fighting chance than they did the last pay per view. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, the, for someone they're giving so much promo time, they're really punking him out in these matches. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, maybe maybe the last one was the punishment, which we've talked about from the segment with the. The, the little the midget little person but maybe hopefully by this time they'll give it a fair shake yeah uh backstage we saw the miz and page great interplay between the two of them the miz even referencing the work they did together on uh wwe studios straight to video santa's little helper which i which i did actually watch and i have almost no recollection of um but you, yeah you've watched all of them haven't you i have not watched all of them there was one weird night where we like watched the marine three and four and we're like and now we're gonna watch santa's little helper and just complete our ms binge and we're gonna pretend he's the same character in that that he was in the marine um yeah it's uh you know let me just put it this way and they were when they were teasing rough rough ref uh the miz is gonna be in a movie like an air bud-esque movie with a dog that's a professional wrestling referee that sounds like something WWE Studios would do after could, watching their films. It, it could have been their it could have been their soft pitch just just to see how fans reacted to it. Because between that and then and then uh, Graves or whoever it was or Graves or Saxton, one of them kept talking about it on commentary. It might have been a uh, well. Let's just see what people uh, think about it. <laughs> I would um, love to see one of those. You know, I mean, now it's almost masturbatory how there's an oral history of everything that comes out there. To, but I would love to see an oral history of WWE Studios. 
and the idea that they had of we're going to put wrestlers in movies. And they did that for a long time. And then I think after Triple H made, uh, what was it, The Chaperone or whatever, they started realizing, like, maybe wrestlers can't quite carry these films. So let's dial it back a bit because now they're releasing stuff that has almost no wrestler involvement. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, like, pro wrestlers are sometimes the ultimate actors. They're the ultimate one-take improv guys. And so, like, they shine real well. Oh, they shine well in SNL. They shine well in that, that live, thrive environment. They, they, they select wrestlers that thrive well, John Cena in the focal point, and, like, some of the comedy spots in movies. But, yeah, when you're trying to say, okay, well, this guy this guy won the Royal Rumble, so certainly he can save the entire world from collapsing in this. You know, it doesn't always, doesn't always translate that way. You know, no. the, the, the Rock was able to take down Mr. McMahon of the corporation, and he went on to save the world, but not everybody can be the Rock. Yeah, yeah. In the Marine Force, Summer Rae plays a deadly assassin who doesn't speak. Because when I see Summer Rae, I think deadly assassin. Oh, man. Um, Jerry Lawler was there last night with AJ Styles doing a promo for their last man standing match uh, that AJ is going to have with Shinsuke Nakamura. And, yeah, how are you feeling about this and the build to this now? I mean, even though this feud is – well, it's been going on since the Rumble, really, but – we're in advanced stages. I can't. Rem- I mean, I can't remember the last thing that felt like it went on as long as this feud is gone. Uh, maybe Jinder and Randy Orton. Oh sure. God, I think I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going on a while, and it's probably I can say. I, so they're the next pay per view in July is here in Pittsburgh, Extreme Rules, and they're running the local advertisements right now on TV, and they're advertising both Styles and Nakamura to be at the show. They're not wording it as Styles versus Nakamura, but they're saying, you know, and also see Styles. And so who knows what it's actually going to be. Um, but because it is a gimmick uh, heavy show that Extreme Rules is, I could see this continuing on. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Lawler Styles thing um, for all the older fans or fans that have great 90s memories. I couldn't help but seeing Lawler in his old King attire on the platform that they're starting to use. They moved the platform to the other side of the stage this time. It was in the same position. I couldn't help, but Lawler on that platform was the same position as Lawler coming up on the King of the Ring 93 platform attacking mm. Bret Hart. It was the same visual with the ring and the crowd behind him. So I kept thinking I had flashbacks of, of Dayton, Ohio, the Nutter Center of King of the Ring 93. So that was my that was, that was what I was thinking about the whole time. But good Styles promo. He's losing his cool. Uh, he'll probably lose his cool and do something really vicious to beat Nakamura. Yeah, and I thought, uh, you know, being in Memphis, having Jerry there was uh, definitely a good nod. Did you see all the social media stuff in Memphis? I guess uh, Lana and Rusev got robbed at their hotel. Uh, I did. Page? Oh, no, I know. I, I saw I saw Rusev talking about the the robbery in his room. Who else was it? Paige. Oh, no. I didn't know that one. Yeah. You think uh, WWE would have better relations with a hotel chain, you know? Yeah, that's – um, and that kind of screams of – I mean, I mean, granted, you know, the the odds are in your favor if you're going to rob a hotel and the day is there, you're going to get multiple WWE people because there's so many of them. But that that kind of screams of like somebody who maybe like like a a WWE fan who like case yeah. said, okay, they've stayed here before and they come to Memphis. Where and that that kind of screams. There's you know, somebody that works for the hotel that knows that that kind of screams like a a huge inside conspiracy. Could you imagine how disappointing it must be though for thieves thinking, oh, I'm robbing a WWE superstar. What kind of sweet loot am I going to get out of this? And inside is like a blender. Protein shakes and protein shakes, prepared protein, meals. Protein shakes and Under Armour. <laughs> yeah, phone chargers. You know, uh, no, but it is, it is sad and very, very, must be very frustrating for them uh, to be on the road and have that happen. Uh, I can only imagine. But yeah, it's uh, it's rare that you see something like that coordinated affecting multiple people on the roster. 
Um, so not very, yeah, not very AJ, polite to doing Rusev the other. Yeah. Um, so AJ saying that, yeah, Shinsuke is acting like a child. Needs some discipline. All that was making me think of. Did you watch much Arrested Development, Justin? I did not. Oh, there's this whole thing about, you know, a child in discipline. So I'll be a disciplined daddy of sorts. And that was what was going through my head. Just waiting for uh, AJ Styles to bust that out. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Rusev. And this had The Miz as special referee. So Aiden English out there doing his thing. He keep, I, How do you feel about the sort of almost Hamilton-esque sung rap intros that he's doing before the Rusev day each time? I'm good, but it's entertaining. Uh, it's, you know, the guy actually has a, a, a thespian background, I believe, before going into WWE. So, um, yeah, I think it works. I mean, he, he's, he's, he owns it. And that's, that's what it all, that's what it boils down to with, with wrestling. You just got to own it and he owns it. Yeah, he's confident. I mean, the audience would definitely smell it if uh, he was not yeah. 100%. And uh, he sells it each time. I feel like some of them are more, you know, missed than hit. But I thought this was good last night. Samoa Joe's new haircut, man. That's uh, amazing how just shaving the sides off there drastically changes his look. Yeah, he looks like a badass. Uh, I'm not really one to talk about hairstyles. And I do want to give a shout out. I know you already did the Raw podcast, but I think Baron Corbin looks great. Absolutely. From, 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 from one basically bald guy to, and a beard to another, Constable Corbin has my approval. <sighs> Isn't it going to be funny if this is what gets Baron Corbin over finally? Constable and a shaved head. But, but that... But that... It'd be funny, but it wouldn't be a surprise. That's that's yeah. we, could, we could find so many examples in pro wrestling. It, it, it's the oddest things that stick. And 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 you know, somebody that asked me on Twitter, they're like, "Is this a, you know, what is this? What is this for Baron Corbin? Is he hurt?" And I, I said, "I don't think he's hurt. I think it's it's the case of, you know, this this is this allows the guy to build confidence on the mic. This allows the guy to to find to find his comfort zone on the mic. And sometimes it takes." Uh, maybe a character maybe is a little bit out of his comfort zone in, in the constable, but it but not, but nonetheless, while it might be out of his character, uh, his comfort zone, he's involved with the authority and Kurt Angle. He's apparently got Stephanie McMahon as his supporter. So yeah, uh, yeah, this could be this could be what you know, this could be what turns the whole everything around for Corbin. We'll have to see. I'll tell you, he's one of those guys that seeing him on Twitter and the way he comes across there with the character was so much better than what they were giving him on TV. That I think for this. Well, it's a great role um, and it works very well for him. And uh, yeah, it's definitely taking a big chance though, but you know, it seems, Hey, two for two so far, it's working out. Um, Samoa Joe last night. Yeah. That new haircut definitely looks more menacing um, in that match with Rusev. So there was interference. Um, Aiden, of course, uh, got involved, allowing Rusev to pick up a win with the Moshka kick. Yeah, I thought this was a good match, but Rusev winning makes me feel like he's not winning money in the bank, dashing my dreams of Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank this year. Yeah, uh, that is, I would agree, that tends to be a uh, that tends to be a, a common formula of events to look at is if they win on the on the go home show, they're not they're not going to be uh, not going to be winning at the at the event itself. But it, you know, um, probably you know, probably probably not a Rusev uh, Money in the Bank win, uh, but I guess you know, still good that he. Gets a victory, nonetheless. I, 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 at this point, I think we all have to we all have to just be thankful that um, with as as popular as, as he's become with his underground movement, that he's still being committed and featured on TV. And you know, we've certainly seen there are cases of guys not being featured and, and ignoring the audience. So you know, the fact that I keep using them uh, gives me high hopes that if he doesn't win Money in the Bank, he'll still have maybe a, something positive for uh, Extreme Rules and then SummerSlam. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, I thought this was uh, definitely last night a solid match, but 
Man, it's hard to keep these interesting in the build-up to Money in the Bank when you have the same limited talent pool and you just keep rotating it. One thing I didn't like, oh, the goddamn, oh, the Miz is going to go up there and grab the briefcase after. Um, yeah, so him as the ref in the match I thought was okay. I, I don't think he added as a lot or as much of a even distraction, um, you know, until afterwards when uh, – Chaos erupted, but yeah, the thing that we have to show every guy holding the briefcase before the pay-per-view. Point to the sign, point to the sign, look at the baby, look at the baby, hold the briefcase, hold the briefcase. Yeah, same, exact same. Rumble, exact rumble, punch, kick, struggle in the corner, punch, kick, struggle in the corner. It's all formula. Yep, they love their uh, their branding. Oh, man. I do, I do, real quick on the Miz, too, I do like the quick yeah. little thing of him uh, getting, getting uh, pointers from the other referee of how to, how to count to three in the backstage area like that. Yeah, that was good. I think The Miz, man, I mean, isn't it funny how The Miz is on SmackDown again and SmackDown now has its mojo back, whereas when he went to Raw, that, that was kind of a dark period. SmackDown really was lackluster for the better part of the last year, and I think he was a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, look, and, and, and Raw is a challenge in a lot of ways when with, with, with the Roman Reigns dominance you're going to have there and, and then, you know, you might not have Brock for a while, but when you do have Brock, Brock takes precedent. You know, Raw could be a challenge for a guy like The Miz, who very much is the grab the brass ring and go, who very much a guy who has been, you know, he's been a champion before, been a world champion before. Um, Raw can be a tough place for a guy like him uh, to 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 feel like you're being utilized in, in the fullest. Uh, but SmackDown seems to be, not just him, but but especially him, seems to be a place he can thrive. Yeah, and the show benefits from definitely having him there. So somebody who's not really made a splash on SmackDown is Jeff Hardy since he's moved over. I think last night was his first TV appearance in I don't know how long, but he had a match against Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I mean, do you feel like Jeff has been someone that's been lost in the shuffle of this last superstar shakeup? Yeah, somewhat. Uh, I think his last TV match, I think he had a match against Randy Orton some weeks back, uh, maybe a month ago, uh, give or take. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he has been lost a little bit. You know, they, they wanted to break him that up, um, which they did. Which I understand, you know, Matt is a draw with himself in the Woken business, and, and Jeff's a draw as a single star. We, we saw that back in the first, <clears throat> uh, in the latter days of the first run with WWE. But yeah, he's definitely got lost a little bit. Um, I think he's kind of right now just kind of being used as he's the serviceable, reliable veteran. He's a guy who can go out there, get a pop, people know who he is, do a few big moves. Um, you know, but he, but, but, you know, Jeff's always been, and I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big supporter of Jeff and the guys, uh, but Jeff's always been a guy who, you know, his singles feuds, I think they can have some. They have trouble getting some steam behind them. He's not the best talker. He definitely expresses himself via visuals and via in the ring. So you know, there really isn't much to get behind other than just watching him in some one-off matches right now. So I, you know, I don't know what the plan will be. But yeah, you know, that's always been kind of the downfall of Jeff Hardy. Is is you know, think about all the big, all the big feuds he's had have been really personal feuds, singles feuds. Well, I th I'm hoping this could be the start of a little bit of a comeback. Not that he needs it. I mean, the guy's the U.S. champion. But given that he's been off TV, he's had some personal troubles. Uh, that's something we should probably touch upon is that this week he did plead guilty for driving while impaired in Concord, North Carolina in March. He got fined $300 for court costs, was given a 120-day suspended sentence. Um, so he turned over his driver's license. Now he has 120 days to complete 48 hours of community service. And then he'll also have an assessment and treatment class uh, he'll have to go into. And this was for driving with a blood alcohol level of 0.25 on the breathalyzer. Uh, he crashed his car into a guardrail, spun out. And uh, yeah, all the details are on Wrestling Inc. But I think that 
the Hardy documentary, the 24 that's airing after money in the bank on Sunday on the network. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is, was a chance for the WWE to take this pause, air the documentary. This is a guy that had two wellness policy violations that from his previous run in the company, when he came back and now that they can build a storyline with the comeback after that documentary is out there and sort of get ahead of this idea that, you know, his demons are in the past. I would hope so. Uh, I'm excited to see this documentary. I, everything you said, though, I would hope so. I hope that they, uh, you know, are coordinating the documentary airing to something with Jeff. Um, you know, Jeff's a guy who they—they they, they have a, both the Hardys. The, the whole life story is cool, and a lot of it's documented. But even especially the stuff that's happened in the last five, six, seven years with them since they left WWE, both admittedly went through the dark places, have now kind of had a renaissance. Um, you know, I, I always knew Matt a little bit better. I've, I've been around Jeff a few times. Jeff, Jeff's daughter and, and his family have had lunch with my family, my daughter. And that was the one time I got to know Jeff a little bit better and talk to him. And it, it wasn't extensive. I mean, it was just it was just in the lunch. But the guy's got a lot to him, more so than we see in just the wrestling character. I mean, it's known that he has his, his musical interests and his artistic interests. But he's a smart guy. There's a lot to him. I, and WWE doesn't always show that. Again, he doesn't, he doesn't do all, a lot of promos necessarily. Um, I'm excited for this documentary because I think this documentary again it, it will it will tell a really cool story that's got some dark chapters that they're gonna you know be open and honest about. Uh, but it kind of gives that feel of here's this comeback story, that feel good story that everybody loves. Everybody, you know, if you're this is a weird example, if you're a golf fan, it seems like a lot of golf fans they want to see Tiger Woods have that comeback after he's had so many dark years, and people love that comeback story. Of people who can come back around after a lot of a lot of uh, misfortune or a lot of mistakes and reclaim their their fame that they once had. And I think that's kind of what it is. That's why people want to get behind Matt Hardy, and they like the, the character he's he's into. Um, and the same thing can be said for Jeff. So, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I hope that this documentary is something that plays into the positive for, for Jeff Hardy. But all I can say, 120-day license suspension, nobody's going to want to travel with them because that means they're doing all the driving right now on the road from house <laughs> show to house show. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about what happened with him and Nakamura in a, seg- a second. But uh, I think it's worth noting that at the end, when the Miz grabbed the briefcase and opened it, there were pancakes inside. Cut to a shot of the New Day laughing backstage. Um, and, and, the- how, and, and how yeah. with the pancakes and New Day? How was there not a topical segment written about the IHOP stuff? Because I, I heard New Day wasn't there. I heard that reaction shot was from last week. Isn't New Day at E3 in uh, oh, Los Angeles this week? That's, that makes total sense. I was. At least that's a good explanation because how could you? Yeah. What, what a bad week for them not to be alive at TV. To be out there with hamburgers, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, just going with it. Um, yeah, man. So uh, Jeff versus Shinsuke had some, had some moments in it, some good back and forth. But, of course, it ended with uh, Nakamura hitting him with a low blow and Jeff Hardy winning by TQ. So, uh Yeah. Keeps keeps building up Nakamura for that last man standing fight with AJ. How many groin shots do you think happened to Money in the Bank between AJ and Nakamura this time? That's a good question. Um, maybe three. That's I'll tell you what. I always I always endorse WrestleRumble.com where people can go on and predict and you answer questions about who wins the matches and over under on suplexes and who takes the pin and who who grabs the ladder first. And you can win up to a thousand bucks for first prize of whoever has the most points, hundred bucks, five hundred, whatever. That would be a great question. Over under on how many low blows was going to be in this match? Yeah, because last time, what was it with the kicks? I mean, there were, I think there were three last time, including the simultaneous when they managed to kick each other in the groin at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's just impressive. I mean, I don't care if that's your style of humor or not, but that takes coordination and discipline and a certain fearlessness and timing. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, as people are saying in the chat, uh, sh AJ should be wearing a cup this time. We haven't really introduced the cup for something with so many, so many groin shots as a staple of this feud. I'm surprised the cup has not made an appearance yet. It could be like the Bret Hart Goldberg thing where Bret had the, the thing on and Goldberg speared on. Maybe that's what happens here. Shinsuke goes to low blow and then and, and AJ just, you know, he's impurpable. He's got the cup on. Yeah, quite, quite possible. Um, so, yeah, Nakamura got disqualified last night. I thought it was a good match, but, um, yeah, I think better things for Jeff Hardy after this documentary and after Money in the Bank. I would like to see another really good good character run for him. Um, Carmella backstage, uh, yeah, she got her and Asuka added to that match, which made the 10-woman main event. And then Big Cass. Big Cass claiming he got 25 grand to appear at a theme park to promote their launch of new, their new roller coaster that you have to be seven feet tall to ride. I like that. I, I can't. I know I'm in the cast defender here. I like the, I mean, that, that's like an obvious, simple, haha thing to go with. You know, the, the whole thing about the size and you got to be seven feet to ride this ride. I, I'm all for it. But then he, but then it was weird though because he said, but Daniel Bryan's the only member of the roster that can't ride it. And it was like, well, no, that's not true. Well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. But who designs a roller coaster that you have to be seven feet to ride? You know, they won't let that's you on some roller coasters if you're too tall, as is. That's your hang up here? Yes. It's absurd. Because think about it, as a theme park, you want to make money. You want to sell tickets. And you want to get people on those rides. People that are over seven feet tall are a very small part of the population that is poor business sense on the operator of that roller coaster on his part or her part. That's part That's part of the goof of the whole promo, I think. <sighs> Just logical inconsistencies, you know? This is why I would get kicked out of the writer's room because I'd be the guy with the Larry David-esque concerns about all of these things. I'm like, well, that would never even happen. You know, uh, but his promo, I, look, I like that he walked over. You reminded me almost of um, like an infomercial or a telethon when he's walking over to the thing and he just, you know, took the mic and went with it. I think Cass, for as mediocre, if this is all their material, he is, he is treating this material like it's million dollar material. He is yeah. doing his absolute best with this. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I certainly can say that he's, um, you know, some, some, sometimes his delivery does come off still that he's memorizing too much and what have you. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I just – I refuse to give up on the guy. Just, with that kind of size, and he is athletic, and I just think there's there's a lot of potential. And I, Dan O'Brien's a great – you know, when you're coming back from injury and you're a singles heel, uh, heel you know, he's, he's, you know, in singles action you're a heel and you're seven feet tall, Dan O'Brien's a great guy to start off with. So I just hope that he – I hope he gets a, a true, honest run with Dan O'Brien in this match and that it's not, again, less than five minutes. I was surprised they showed Daniel Bryan's social media online promo for last week against Cass. And the reason why was that uh, Daniel ended it with the tag and you can't teach surviving that a play on and you can't teach that the old Enzo Cass catchphrase. Um, I'm surprised the WWE put that reference even on TV, given how Cass has had trouble with the audience, you know, chanting, we want Enzo. Every time he says seven feet tall, the audience chants out and you can't teach that. So it was interesting the WWE to bring in Daniel Bryan using that on television. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, unless, uh, unless WWE's already eyeing plans of having Enzo <laughs> be the barking man, bad guy manager for Cass. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, Enzo would come back and he would have, he would, it wouldn't be hard for him to get him booed. And, and, and I don't <laughs> that's know. That's true. I mean, it, it, stranger things have happened. So, yes. That that would be 
in my opinion, that's even more shocking than a Hogan return because with Hogan, as Matt Morgan pointed out, good or bad, you're still getting the biggest wrestling star of all time. With Enzo, does any positive outweigh the negative given how a lot of wrestling fans, regardless of what the police said, a lot of wrestling fans are turned on him forever because of that allegation? Well, I see Matt Morgan's point. And look, and and I'm not a... I'm not the biggest, you know, I wasn't necessarily the biggest Enzo fan prior to the allegations, and I especially haven't been since, but we have to look. He is innocent. Never mind, the, I mean, never mind what, who he was hanging out with and what, how he even got himself in a situation to be accused of that, and never mind when or when he didn't tell his employer, which is a big problem. But at the end of the day, he is innocent. So, uh, you know, and, and Hulk Hogan was not innocent with what he said. So, well, but, there's a difference but, but, between not being charged with a crime and innocent. Innocent is something you're found in court. The police sure, saying sure. that there's no evidence to proceed with charges. Sure. And, you know, I, I want to be very fair about this. And, and let me just state for the record, once upon a time, I was the biggest Enzo fan. You know, I think it really, you know, when he was in NXT, when they came up to the main roster, I mean, in my mind, those are some of the high points of WWE in, in recent years. But they ran a shtick into the ground by the end of it. And then when the charges came out, I, I mean, I forever. Sure. I, and you're right. There is. A, I should. I should not say innocent. I should say yeah. No charges are brought on him. Uh, but but that is a relevant thing we have to keep in mind. But I, I get the yeah. point. Uh, but I. But I. My point is, I don't think it's impossible to think that eventually Enzo will be back in WWE at some point, whether that's this calendar year or, no, or another calendar year. I do think that, uh, barring he stays out of trouble and doesn't have any more uh, negative accusations come up in his life, I think that that's you know, if WWE sees that he's matured or grown up or whatever the case may be, I think that's very possible. Hey, okay, that was weird. A little technical difficulty there. Um, you can hear me okay, Justin? I can hear you. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, here, let me just eject uh, this old one. Apologies, folks. Technology, it's a wonderful thing. Um, so, yeah, we shall see what happens there if indeed uh, there is reunion in Enzo and Cass's future. I think if, if you know, what, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, to your point, let's say they really have decided they want to get Cass over, but Cass can't do it on his own. I think that is their, in case of emergency, plan. Like, well, maybe this will work. You know? Maybe. I, 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 <clears throat> I, don't know, I don't know how excited Cass would be if it did come to that. <laughs> so they, they, like, uh, rip off the uh, an emergency only thing and break the glass and pull the, pull the button for Enzo to appear. Uh, I'm sure Cass would like to do this on his own. Since we're talking about Enzo, did you watch, pay attention to his Instagram stories last week or see, uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff with fans. He, uh, hung out with a special needs fan, this girl, Destiny, and it was actually adorable. I mean, forget, look, I don't care what you think of the guy, but seeing him, uh, with this girl and her mom, but what was in my mind, just the, the most entertaining part of it. And I wish the video was online was Destiny was going on about, you know, and, I'm hanging out here today with Enzo and I'm going to see you in concert. And then you're going to go back to WWE and you're going to rewin the cruiserweight title. And you're going to apologize to big Cass. And like the look on Enzo's face <laughs> during all of this was just, I mean, he was like, how do I let this kid down? You know, he was like, I don't know. Maybe big Cass should apologize to me. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, do you think they've talked since all this? I mean, cause they were on the outs supposedly, at, you know, in, definitely in kayfabe, but uh, I mean, Enzo was, was definitely, you know, living kayfabe. Do you think they've uh, remained in contact since? Uh, maybe a, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a how you doing? Merry Christmas. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna speculate to that. But the, yeah. I, the, the, the 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 kid the kid's paying to see Enzo in concert. 
Uh, she's going to get comped. I mean, come on, let's be real. But other people are paying? No, they're all getting comped. <laughs> he's selling out a venue. He's, there's tickets on a venue to, 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 to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's selling tickets to a concert yet. Not that I've seen. I get notified um, whenever he goes. He goes live on Instagram a lot. And I've just watched like one or two of them. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's definitely, tr- I'll say this that for the people that are still fans of him, he is making like, I don't know what else he has going on, but he is spending a lot of time interacting with people that are still fans of his. Well, and, you know, let's be honest here. I mean, he, that's, that's, he, from a PR standpoint, he needs to because, you know, yeah. you, get accu- you get accused of what you're accused of and you, you, get, you, you lose your TV time in front of the world each week that you had. I mean, you, you need to do a PR tour of getting back with those who still uh, care to support him. So, uh, otherwise, he's not valuable in pro wrestling. He's not valuable in rap, rapping or whatever. If he, has no, if, he, if he doesn't have a fan base, then he's, not, then he's just another, uh, he's, he's just a, a short guy running around with goofy haircuts saying, how you doing? Yes, doing rap music that, and I really like hip hop, but what he's doing, I mean, I just can't. How do you feel about John Mayer? <laughs> well, you know, his earlier stuff, sure. <laughs> great job by Saxon for oh my Coach god, last and the night. reference of uh, yeah, great job by Saxon on that one. Oh, Coachman, I mean, Coachman is just the worst at this point. Give me Otunga back, you know. What a world we live in when, when, when we're asking for David Otunga over Coachman and Booker T. Because at least Otunga would say crazy non sequiturs. Like Otunga was so out there that it was kind of entertaining, kind of like had JBL when he just would show up and sound drunk on the mic. You'd be like, well, this isn't, I mean, the guy's an asshole, but at least it's kind of, you know, makes for good television um, in that weird sort of train wreck way. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Oscar, Becky Lynch, Lana, and Naomi. Versus Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and Carmella. The 10-woman tag team main event, five on five last night to close out SmackDown Live. Uh, Carmella tapped out at the end to Asuka, which makes me think, oh shit, Carmella might be retaining at Money in the Bank. We'll talk about in a second one of the ways that might happen. But what did you think of this historic SmackDown Live main event where literally they found a way to get the entire women's roster into one match? It was all right. I mean, <clears throat> it wasn't a bad match. I thought they did a good job trying to have some stories weaving in and out of it. Um, you know, I'm very much, again, going back to my opening monologue of this show, uh, here's this 10-woman tag, which otherwise, tw- 25, 30 years ago, would have been a big deal for Survivor Series. But it's a st- we get this stuff way too often. And um, But it was what they wanted to do. They wanted to end on uh, end the show on selling the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, selling the women's championship match, which they got to do both. And simultaneously so it is what it is i agree with you i i don't think carmella's dropping the title now i'm not sure what they do to have her hold on to it to beat oscar uh, especially when you think about what the booking's going to be for ronda and naya and what craziness could happen in that booking so you don't want to overdo the schmoz fest but um but yeah but uh yeah I, it, was, it was a serviceable ending i suppose is the phrase i'll use for it well, I guess that's kind of a good segue into this. So, news story this week, rumors about James Ellsworth coming back to the WWE. Apparently, he's booked for something in China this uh, weekend, which, man, if ever there was a cover story, that certainly sounds like one. <laughs> um, but I could see Ellsworth showing up and, and being the one to help help Carmelo retain. I, it, would, it would be fitting, but I don't see it happening. Um... Not to say that I don't see Ellsworth coming back to WWE in some time, but I don't, I don't see it happening uh, this right now for this, this show. I'll say this. He has been the best-behaved former employee. <laughs> I mean, seriously, have, have you ever seen somebody get released and literally just 
make the rounds thanking the company for employing them and giving all this credit, you know, for what a whirlwind journey he, he had? No, he um he was he did a show with us here at IWC Wrestling uh, a few months ago. We had him, we booked him versus Gilbert. And yeah. we, we built to it. And um, you know, so I got to spend a little bit of time with him. No, he, he's a very he, He's just a very I don't want to say he's an odd guy. He's an odd not the word. I mean I'm probably I'm probably an odd guy. He's just a, he's just he's just James Wellsworth. He's just he's the guy who's probably smallest in the locker room. Um but he you know he's pretty pretty humble about what he pretty humble but appreciative of the experiences he had, the contacts he's made, and you know, got to work with AJ Styles on, on national TV and whatever. Um yeah, there's nothing bad to say because I mean he because I mean there's what bad is there to say? He got released, but he kind of knew that like he he was there and the, the role he was a lot longer than he ever thought he would be. And I think he knows that he'll forever be kind of like, he'll kind of be like that Gilbert or Doink or that character that will forever live on. Well, he'll be making appearances for many years to come in those little quick, quick bit comedy roles. Yeah. Um, and, and it's allowed him to ask now more for his ind- independent booking. His name's worth more. His merch is worth more. So yeah, I mean, well-behaved, but uh, as he should be, I mean, what, 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 there's nothing to complain about for him. Can you uh, say or disclose what he was getting for an indie booking? Uh, I won't. I won't say. I, I think I have a good idea. I won't say, but uh, but but I can say uh, definitely more than doubled what he was getting prior uh, prior to his WWE. Run. I, what do you think Jimmy Dream was getting? You know, maybe ten dollar buyout for a meal and a ride home. <laughs> well, he also ran his own. I think he was. Oh, that's he, you know, running That's where the money is. Having well, your own yes. promotion. Also, where the headaches are, but. Yes, it's true. But that's why that's literally why they pay you the big bucks. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you though, as if he comes back, my my worry was that Vince, being the spoiler who would find it so hilarious, would bring back the guy who hijacked last year's women's money in the bank. So much so they had to redo the match on SmackDown. Uh, Vince bringing him back to interfere with that. Pray to God that doesn't happen this year, but him coming to help Carmella, absolutely makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I mean, if it happens, I'll pop. It'll be, I'll find it funny. And I, but I'm also the person that found it funny the way the money in the bank went last year when there was all the people like, oh my God, we're d- d- disrespecting the women's race. Um, the women's race. <laughs> you know, but I'll, I'll be fine if that happens. I don't think it's going to happen. But hey, I hope I'm, I, again, if I'm making my WrestleRumble.com prediction, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it happens, then it'll be, it'll be a pop and the Chicago crowd will probably pop. So. Yeah, how do you think Chicago's going to be for the uh, money in the bank? Uh, you'll you'll be able to cook burgers in your dinner uh, when when rains and and gender out there. I mean, nuclear heat. I mean, that, that's just going to be a, that that's literally going to become probably a that's going to become a competition of who can they, who can they boo for louder? How long can they boo loud? How many beach balls can they sneak in? I mean, every everything of unruly fans we can think of is going to is going to come to a head in that match of, of Roman versus gender. But overall, Chicago is a hot. That's always a hot crowd and. Um, you know, they had UFC last week. They're getting all in in a few months. I mean, they, they certainly get, they're getting takeover the night before. I mean, they'll be rear and ready to go. Yeah. So let's, uh, run down these matches and talk about money in the bank. Um, see who you think is going to win. So the kickoff show is going to have the bludgeon brothers versus gallows and Anderson. Oh, how far the bludgeon brothers have fallen. How far everybody's fallen in some regard. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, this, there's not a lot of steam behind this. It certainly, you know, leaves you, you think it leaves an opening for like a sanity or something crazy to happen, but it's on the pre-show, so I don't know if that what that mean. I, you know, I think it probably just got put on the pre-show because they figured, okay, it's the most disposable, and we don't need to put it in the, uh, you know, <laughs> the seven o'clock early start time Eastern time. We don't have room for this on the main show. We got to put something on a pre-show. So I don't know. I 
I don't know. It's, ba- the, the, it's baffling. It's baffling Gallows and Anderson's use. Um, it's baffling the use of Harper and Rowan. You know, I know we talked about uh, Harper, uh, I think last week it was on the podcast. It, yeah, I don't know. It's really, really weird. I mean, I, I hopefully we're surprised and that they put on the pre-show so it could stand alone and have some kind of a, a headline grabber, but uh, I doubt it. Now, you know what I'm not seeing on this list? And did they move this? I'm not seeing the Deleter of Worlds versus the B team. Yeah, I, for a yeah, I didn't. I don't see it on the list either. So um, maybe, maybe they've balked on that. Huh? Yeah, raw on Monday, perhaps. Um, but that's interesting. So, do you think the Bludgeon Brothers retain? Do you think Sanity run in? How do you think this uh, this ends? I, whether it's a whether it's an actual ending or no contest, I don't see the Bludgeon Brothers dropping the titles. God, you know what else I'm not seeing that we predicted was going to be a pre-show match: uh, Andrade Cien Almas versus uh, Sin Cara. I think Sin Cara got hurt. Oh, that makes sense. Do you think that's the storyline that they were planning for uh, Rey Mysterio if they brought him back was to do Rey to to build Andrade, or do you think that would have been a waste of Rey? I don't think it would have been a waste of Rey. That's an interesting question. I, I I could certainly see it. That would make a lot of sense because on you know Andrade saying I looked up to you in Mexico and I looked up to you as a kid and now you know and then yeah so that's actually that without knowing for sure that might be a very good uh, inside guess there, Glenn. Yeah, I don't. I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, they WWE. I mean, you know this, man. Like the Latino market's a huge part of their fan base. There's been talks for a while. Maybe they were, they were even going to bring back Alberto to try and do something to to cater and court that audience more. So I think with Andrade, I mean, I think him and Zelina Vega are fantastic. And with Sin Cara, you know, that match. Let me put it this way: that match is better than a kickoff show. That I think it would, that would have been the high point of the kickoff show uh, if it indeed happened. But hearing that he's hurt do you think certainly so- makes sense. You think Sin Cara is going to be like the next, like the the next generation of Doink the Clown? Like, like literally, where, like Doink? No, no, no. But what I mean is, <laughs> what I mean is, like, there's been like you know six guys that played Doink, right? Yeah. And and WWE can bring for any gimmick battle royal, WWE can bring a Doink out with whoever's dressed as Doink. <laughs> they literally, I mean, this is our second Sin Cara. They could literally Sin Cara because the whole thing is marketing to them. They own the name Sin Cara, and the mask is marketable, and that style. They can literally, for the next 20 years, keep just taking somebody of similar body type that can do that style and put them under a mask and sing Carlos forever. It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. I'm surprised they don't do that like as the gimmick, like it's passed down, you know, like Zorro. Um, yeah, what's Sin Cara 1 doing these days? Uh, I think he's still in Mexico, I think. Oh, well, there you go. Um, I want to put it past him, man. I mean, WWE has done more shameless things uh, than that. And I think, but if they made that part of the gimmick that is like, Ooh, kind of like a little Kane esque, like the powers no, no, in the mask. No, no, no. They, they would never like the acknowledge. No, because they've never acknowledged that this is a difference in car from the first. I mean, you know, they <laughs> haven't. Remember when there were two of them? That well, yes. Match? But yeah. that would, yes. But, but they, but since, but since this sin car is taken over as the only sin car, they haven't acknowledged, uh, all, you know, I mean, obviously you can tell by the, the tattoo that this one has on the shoulder, but uh, they could, I could literally see them just continuing on that whenever they. If the person that plays Sinkar now, if he ever goes away, then, oh, we need to put another guy in the mask. And here we go. Yeah. And I think Kane should uh, pass along his as well. The, the demon should possess. The demon should uh, possess Kurt Hawkins, you know. <laughs> and then he goes on a winning streak. Now we're going off the rails here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took this long. Now we're off yeah. the rails. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think the writer's room. Does this occasionally because I think they would come up with some really great ideas if they just spitball, you know, uh, go out there. But uh, okay, so we talked about what's not on the card. Dean Carr could hold a record for the most WrestleMania appearances ever if he if they continued on WrestleMania sixty. Here's the veteran Dean Carr. 
I mean, and then they should have a stable that's like Menudo, where you know you get too old and you're out of the stable. We bring in a new guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, the Bludger Brothers versus Gals and Anderson confirmed for the pre-show. Uh, then we got Big Cass versus Daniel Bryan. Big Cass is is tapped out. Yeah, man, in record time, it feels like every time Daniel has uh, got him a submission move. Do you think his fortunes change at Money in the Bank? I'm going to go yes. Say he, he gets a win, and then we go to a rubber match, Extreme Rules. Okay. I can see that. Um, I'd like to see Brian win, but I, look, I'm just waiting for Daniel versus The Miz at this point. You know? They're at, well, so funny you say that. So I said earlier they're advertising, um, and I, but this is, I'm still saying Cass wins and this go to a rubber match because things change. The local advertisement for Extreme Rules here in Pittsburgh is advertising Miz versus Dana Bryan. Yeah. For, so, but again, that could change. So I don't really make a lot of worry about it. That's why I'm still going to say I think Cass and, and Bryan happens. But yeah, that's what they're advertising locally. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Is there any way Sami Zayn wins this match? I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't. I, 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 look, and Sami Zayn's talented. He's probably making the best of what he's given. The whole thing this past Monday showed off Bobby Lashley being as as, as athletic of a freak as he is, but this this it's just bad. I, I just bad. I, I don't. I'll be interested to see how the Chicago crowd really reacts to this. It's just bad. The, 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 both of these guys are very talented. And look, and I'm I'm usually the guy that's defending WWE, saying it's not all about in ring bell to bell talent. You gotta have you know you gotta think of the big picture and story and charisma. And I can't <laughs> find I I can't find a an I, can I? I'll say I can't find a fucking Cochran, Johnny Cochran defense <laughs> for this. There's no defense for this match. Sorry. No, I'm worried. After this, we're not going to see Sami Zayn on TV for a while. I think he's going to be doing, uh, you know, dark matches with Mike Kanellis. Um, I, I think this is because I think they're high on Bobby clearly, but with Sami, man, I mean, this is this is bad, bad, bad. You almost need to disappear for a bit to uh, get the stink off you. I will be looking forward to it in a couple of years when Sammy's not with WWE and he does the the RF video shoot interview. And we can find out what he truly thought about all this. Oh my god! Right no, absolutely. Um, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Well, uh, how do you pick against Roman, right? Yeah, I mean, right. This is going to be the start of him regaining his momentum, building up to SummerSlam. Although, man, see, I would dig it if the story was that Roman just keeps falling and falling and falling, and then we get the Roman Reigns Road to Redemption. But I don't think they're they're going to do that. I mean, they'll make him the underdog, but they they won't ever make him look weak. Only way I could see Reigns losing is if the other Singh brother comes back. I don't know oh. what his health is tied, but if the other Singh brother comes back, because I thought that was going to happen this past Monday, I thought it would be the other Singh brother would come out. Because I don't know when he's coming back, but he's eventually going to come back. I thought, okay, this would be a way to reintroduce him. That'd be the only way I could see it happening. So when you see the headline Sunday, you know, spoilers. Returning star to WWE spotted backstage. Even if you don't read the article, just, you know, curb your enthusiasm. It's probably a Singh brother. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll see uh, what happens there. But I, short of that, I do see Roman winning. Here's one, though, that I'm interested in your opinion on. Seth Rollins defending the Intercontinental title against Elias. I'm excited by this. It's a little Undertaker versus Undertaker. They kind of look very similar to each other. Um but uh, and I'm looking forward to this. I think Elias is destined to get the Intercontinental title sooner than later, whether that's this show or you know Elias is from here in Pittsburgh, whether you know even oh, if it's not yeah. part of his character, whether they do it form and, and Extreme Rules. Um, I'm gonna go Rollins just because I don't see Rollins dropping this quickly, and he's so hot. I can see they can get a little bit more mileage out of this. But I'm prepared to be wrong because if you look at Elias's history, Elias doesn't have too many times where he's 
fall. I mean, you know, he's he's get he's gotten I mean, he's gotten wins over John Cena, and Bobby Roode, and he gets a lot of wins. You know, he's got he got the better of Braun Strowman in certain regards. So uh, I'm prepared to be wrong, and I'll be happy to be wrong. I'm just gonna enjoy this match. I'm enjoy I enjoy both guys. I'm gonna say for my WrestleRumble.com picks, I'm saying Seth Rollins, but uh, open to open to interpretations here. Rollins is so hot right now, for, but for some reason I could see them taking the title off him here just to just to keep the feud interesting, you know, and give Elias something new. Did that Elias Unplugged special ever come out with the album on iTunes? Uh, I don't think so yet. I know what you're yeah. talking about. I don't know if it has or not. It so it has. could be some good synergistic timing there. Maybe they put sure. the belt on him, let him have that, and then uh, switch it back at Extreme Rules. Sure. Um. Perhaps another Symphony of Destruction match at Extreme Rules. Yes. This time with uh, Seth versus Elias. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match. I think it's going to be great. We've got the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship that we talked about earlier. Carmella versus Asuka. If there is no Ellsworth interference, do you think Carmella retains? Yes. Really? Don't know how. Don't know how, but yes. Okay. Okay. Um, man, poor Asuka. Right? I mean, it's just, I'm trying to think. Like, the last, I mean, you don't just go from that much dominance to then yeah. losing this much. I, I, I can only imagine, I can only speculate that uh, once coming to, uh, once coming to the main roster, that Vince or somebody, I don't, and it's always, we always just blame Vince, but then, you know, pretty much. Somebody <laughs> might have. There might be some disconnect somewhere. Somebody's like, ah, she's not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But something obviously is at a miss. That's the only thing you can explain of why she could have such, such strong booking. You know, I mean, see, she made. I mean, uh, she made her debut last October in, in Minneapolis. I remember. Yeah, you know, and that was strong up until Rumble, and then Rumble. But then, like since Rumble, it's just been kind of decline. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if she's not doing something they want. Um, I don't know if they're knocking her down to build her back up but that doesn't really make sense i'm not sure <laughs> yeah the the oscar comeback storyline yeah, you know who, yeah. <laughs> who goes undefeated for three years and then needs to come back yeah seriously um okay nia Jax versus ronda rousey how do you think uh that plays out uh i i don't see nia Jax losing the title obviously the natty thing is there we all kind of sense or i think we sense um potential heel turn i, I think that'll so so i it's very common, or very popular thought that Natty gets involved, but I think Natty only gets involved. Her match with the Money in the Bank has to be earlier, so they have to start the show yeah. with Money in the Bank, I think, and then let this match with Ronda be later, and I could see Natty get involved. Um, whether it's a straight-up Nia 1-2-3 pin and Ronda takes an actual loss, um, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I don't see Ronda winning the title. But, you know, Ronda, maybe maybe Ronda does take a loss. Let's, let's be honest here. Ronda Rousey, for all the all the fans and everything coming into her, you know, she's been at I think she's been at way more Monday Night Raws than people might have thought. I think people might have thought they're going to get more of a Brock Lesnar situation, but she's been in a lot of Raws, even if it's just to have a very brief on-screen time. She's doing some live event stuff. I mean, so she's, you know, she's, uh, you know, paying the due, so to speak. So maybe she does lose the first one. Uh, you know, I don't know the first single match that is. See, I think if they do Women's Money in the Bank, and if Natalia wins, I think she cashes in and pins Naya. She pulls a Rollins, uh, comes in. So Ronda doesn't lose, but that way you build up to the two of them at SummerSlam for Ronda to, to take the victory. Not a bad book. Oh. I, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't have in my predictions, Natty winning the money in the bank, but that is a good, that's a, 
that's a decent prediction, though. Yeah, because I think they don't want to have her pinned. I think that would be a mistake. And I think Ronda could very well be undefeated up till that match with Charlotte, especially if uh, the rumors are true that she wants to leave wrestling and have kids uh, after uh, this first stint. But who knows, man? I mean, who knows what to believe? Um, so we'll talk about Money in the Bank, the matches in a second, but the last non-Money in the Bank match, AJ Styles versus Nakamura. You think Nakamura gets gets the belt this time? No, I'm gonna hold on to Styles. I'm gonna I'm gonna say whole story going into this is Styles has been losing his cool and he's been you know snapping because of the mind games of Nakamura. I could see something provoking AJ Styles to snapping and just repeated chair shots, vicious chair shots in order to keep Nakamura down. We go to Extreme Rules. We have a chairs match. <laughs> Never ends this feud. Yeah. AJ just needs, I think he just needs a shot in the arm, man. He just needs something to kind of, you know, reinvigorate his character a little bit. There's been high points to this, but it just keeps going and going and going, you know? Yeah, uh, but, you know, I could see them doing one more and then having something fresh for Styles for SummerSlam. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so Women's Money in the Bank, Ember Moon versus Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch versus Natalia versus Lana versus Naomi versus Sasha Banks. Who do you think is going to win? You know, I always, I take, you know, so like I take out, like I, I eliminate like the Natties, the Charlottes, the Alexas, even Naomi, and even Sasha. I eliminate the ones who've really been there and have been champions. I, you know, so I, I look at the, I look at the Lanas, I look at the Embers moves, I even look at Becky Lynch's uh, of, of, of this match. Um, as fun as it would be to see Lana, I don't think it's going to be Lana. I'm going to say Becky Lynch. I think she, really? she, was gone, she was gone for a while, you know, filming and what have you. She's been back, and she beat Charlotte a few weeks ago. She's getting some momentum. I think Becky Lynch would be somebody I could see uh, for the long term. Again, if this is going to be a quick, okay, it's going to be cashed in the same night, certainly your call of Natty makes a lot of sense. But if if this is going to be truly for uh, to to foreshadow, um, you know, foreshadow for a long term of somebody having a briefcase, I could see Becky Lynch. Yeah, I mean, look, I love anything that gives Becky guaranteed TV time and a storyline um, on SmackDown each week. But I don't know. I don't know what the best route is. I think Alexa would be too much like Carmella was. I think it would be the same storyline just on Raw. Um, and yeah, Lana, I, I don't know if they can have Lana credibly cash in. Um, and Lana without Rusev winning makes it a lot less interesting. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I am thinking more and more, even though Natalia won that match, on Monday, I think we could see her do that in cash in the same night, especially since Carmelo went so long this past cycle. I think it could be time for another instantaneous cash. In. Fair enough. Yeah, it was a, I mean, it was really long. It felt like almost the entire year. I mean, it was, what, 10 months? Yeah. Um, so the men's money in the bank match, we've got Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Rusev versus Bobby Roode versus Kevin Owens. Samoa Joe and a member of the New Day to be announced, Big E, Kofi Kingston, or Xavier Woods. First off, how do you think the New Day plays into this match? I think they win. Really? I, I think they win. I, I think, um, you know, I talked about it last week. I'm sticking with it. I think that, that the New Day is not going away, but they have they have ran their course in the tag division. They've ran their course um, being around as long as they've been around, which in, in today's WWE with programming is an eternity. I mean, they've been around since like what, like late 2014. So, um, I think this would be, a, a, as their song says, a fresh coat of paint. Uh, have have one of them win the briefcase, but by Freebird rule, they're kind of all taking ownership of it and and, and let it run from there. I, I think um, 
I think I could see Kofi. I could see Kofi Kingston being the guy that goes in there. You know, Kofi. Just looking by some of the other guys that are in this match, I, Kofi could certainly bring his um, athletic flair that he's shown with with ladder matches and with with just matches in general. So I could see Kofi being the guy that's in it. Uh, he's also the 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 veteran in the group, and you know he's kind of like the internally, it's kind of like a little bit of the leader. You know, they joke around with his age, and he's the oldest and everything. So I could see him him being the guy that wins it for a new day. Um, and then, however, they take it from again the three of them juggling around could be a lot of fun. It could it could get some mileage out of for the remainder of the year. Well, we shall see. Um, no, I think they would be good. I think Rusev would be good. Um, I think Samoa Joe would be great. You know, I think Braun is is uh, the one guy that definitely does not need it. Um, Miz could be good. Man, I'm I'm looking forward to this match a lot. But yeah, I think the New Day. Being the storyline going into this, the mystery of it, I, I agree with you that this this would be a novel way for them to also get the New Day out of the tag division right now. If you have Sanity coming in, the Bludgeon Brothers, there is no place for them right now in the SmackDown Live tag division. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. There's nothing for them to do. There's no real place for them. This will allow them to pursue singles careers and singles feuds, but still be able to be packaged as the New Day. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but that's just me. It makes a lot of sense. So maybe it doesn't happen. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. Um, okay. So take over Chicago quickly. Let's run through this lineup. NXT championship match. Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan. Who do you got? Alistair Black. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think this will be a good match. But yeah, I think Black retains. NXT women's championship. Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross. Uh, I'm going to stick with Shayna Baszler. Yeah, unless she's getting called up, but I don't know where there's room for her right now um, in the women's division. Uh, although Nikki Cross, maybe maybe this is Nikki's uh, swan song, and maybe she does come up with sanity after all, given which, how long they've waited. Which I think would be a mistake. Now, I know that's not a popular opinion, but I, I think Nikki Cross, it's, it's right for her to stay down in NXT because NXT needs to keep their talent replenished down there to have attractions when they lose people to Raw and SmackDown. And Nikki Cross is going to get a lot more. She's getting a lot more you know, ring work and time for herself being in NXT than she would being part of a faction that comes to SmackDown. It's the same thing with Carmella. Carmella did not come with Enzo and Big Cass. A lot of people were upset about that or disappointed in that, but Carmella just would have been a visual accessory. She would have not got the matches and not got the mic time um, with Cass and Enzo as she did staying in NXT, getting better, and then now look where it's got her. So uh, Nikki Cross, keep her in NXT. Shayna Baszler, I'd say keep her in NXT too, but maybe we back to Ronda for Money in the Bank. Unless we start to learn of something of Ronda's plans going into SummerSlam, SummerSlam, we keep hearing about you know, okay, do they do you know? We always hear the speculation of do they do, do they do the four horsewomen, you know, whatever. How you know? So unless we learn of something that we can see in the distance with Ronda, I think Shayna stays. Yeah. Uh, NXT Tag Team Championship: Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong defending against Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it on. I'm gonna keep it on the champs. In the Chicago street fight, Gargano versus Ciampa. Oh boy, this you know this is gonna be great. Uh, great stuff all around. Everybody seems to enjoy this, and why wouldn't you? Um, you, you know, I, I mean, I guess you want to go for the baby face in this, right? You know, uh, but I don't know. This is hard to pick for me because I, I could, I could, and this is probably just a telling of a good story. I can see this going a lot of different ways. I'm gonna say Gargano, but I can see it going a lot of different ways. I'm looking forward to it in general if they're keeping the story going i think champa needs to win this match yeah and if they're if they have, if they're going to build something even bigger come SummerSlam takeover then sure it makes sense for the heel um for champa to win this i it, this is just 
it's that's fantastic. You know, go this goes to something of um, it goes back to when this we saw we've seen it with Zanes and Owens too. It, yeah. it, it plays in when you have two guys who are really, really, really good friends in real life, and there's a trust factor there, and there's a creative build factor. They can do some phenomenal stuff because there's again there's a trust factor there, so they just go out there and they lay it out there on the line, and uh, you know because of because of the familiarity they have with each other uh, in all in all aspects. So this hats off to both of these guys. Hats off to Triple H and his team at NXT, who's the creative team. Uh, this this is really this is it, it's it's on it's on the third brand. It's on the I don't like to say the minor league, but it's on the third alternate brand, and it's been one of the most talked about feuds that WWE has done. Now, granted, there are still a couple million of people who aren't watching this because there are more people watching Raw and SmackDown than have the network, but still, it's yeah. it's making an impact. Um, and, of course, the you know, Triple H is doing this call right now, talking NXT, and I'm sure he's praising and, and giving more insight into this uh, this entire feud. Well, so before we talk about what I think is the match of the night and the real main event in this, I think it's interesting. What do you think about uh, the North American title that was introduced at the last takeover not being defended on this takeover event? Yeah, not being defended. Adam Cole not defended, but he is going to be defending it at a different show, correct? Uh, at a, at, was it Evolve? Oh, that's right. That's right. He does have that booked. Um, but that's interesting. And no EC3 on uh, TakeOver. You know, I mean... Well, to be, well, well, to be fair, Cole had, Cole had to yeah. do double duty at the last TakeOver. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, that's the thing with NXT is that they have this embarrassment of talent and riches where they not everyone gets on every card. But I think it's uh, interesting to have that title while still new not defended on one of their main shows but look man i'm looking forward to this more than anything this weekend money in the bank or takeover any other match uh, and that's ricochet versus the velveteen dream what have you thought of the build to this match so far i like it i like it um uh, so much talent for instance for so many reasons involving these these two characters and guys uh yeah this could be another one could steal the could steal the weekend absolutely velveteen dream um i'm a i'm a I like the character. I think it's cool to see. You know, I knew I, I can, I can see and remember uh, Patrick. Uh, oh, not yeah, only Patrick not was. not only from Tough Enough, but you know he you know uh, he, he he performed on the independent scene and from the area of Maryland that I grew up in and from. Don't live there anymore, but you know. So I can I love seeing the transformation of characters and people and evolving everything. And so to see what he's took this and you know I said it earlier. I think about Aiden English. You know, again, uh, Velveteen Dream owning it. He is owning this. Uh, as he as you have to yeah absolutely man um i think uh i think he almost needs a win here though on this match even though ricochet is arguably so much more the experienced talent yeah you can make a case of both guys need you know again that's what makes us great both you can say both guys need the win so how they uh but i think i think this match will be i think this match will be so complete and so fantastic between the two of them that yeah somebody's gonna get Somebody's going to be on the losing end of a three count, but nobody's going to feel like a loser coming out. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, man. So, Wrestling Inc., the podcast, Saturday night after TakeOver, uh, Chris Featherstone, Matt Morgan, Raj Geary are going to be recapping the action. Sunday night after Money in the Bank, myself, Matt Morgan, and Raj Geary recapping everything that happens. And of course, we'll be back next week for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, the post shows. Uh, Justin, anything you want to plug before we go home here? Always plug on my Twitter, my podcast, Wrestling Reality, my video show we do on Wrestling Inc. Chair Shot Reality. Again, something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. I'll be hosting their special show live event here in Pittsburgh, July 15th, the afternoon of Extreme Rules. Less than 25 tickets remaining. You can only get them on TicketKingOnline.com, uh, VIPs and general admission. going to be a great time. 30 years of stories, uh, plus usually, yeah. a special, usually a special guest. So plug in that. 
And again, I always like to say I'm playing WrestleRumble.com. Uh, I encourage you to check it out, WrestleRumble.com. Make predictions of who's going to win each match, and you can win up to $1,000. Second place is $500, and it's 50 It makes watching the show that much more exciting. <laughs> it is. Seriously, watch that. Yeah. It's, like, it's like playing fantasy football. You're watching the show, and it's that much more exciting because you're like, oh, my God, that's a 10-point thing, and I picked so-and-so to win, or that's 50 points, and I picked so-and-so to win the Money in the Bank. A lot of fun. Cool, man. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. I will be live tweeting along with uh, TakeOver and Money in the Bank. So pay attention to that. Also, the Wrestling Inc. feed. And until next time, folks, we will see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.